You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. You're listening to a Big MX Radio Parma Energy. Presented by Fire Energy. Presented by Bill's Pipes. Just one helmet. Bill's Pipes brand goggles. Just one helmet. Shades of Grey custom helmet. X brand goggles. Rhino Power. Shades of Grey custom helmet. Roller Borden Rhino Power. Watts Perfections. Roller Borden Suspension. Watts Perfections. Motocross. Supercross. Simply the best. Around the globe. Motocross. And now, here's your host. Around the globe. Brad Gephardt. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Stuff, Bills Pipes, Just One Helmets, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Cole Siebler. Cole, how's it going? I'm doing well. Just sitting on the couch. I'm uh, recovering from a weekend in San Diego. Perfect. Well, um... Recovering on the weekend, uh, your first race back after quite a uh, bit of time away from professional motocross, but of course you never really left the industry, you just uh, changed roles a little bit, and uh, before we get too far into this, a very happy Valentine's Day to you, both your uh, you and uh, your family over there. Oh, thank you, we appreciate that. Awesome, so uh, tell us a little bit about how this whole weekend uh, came to fruition for you. A guy who, throughout 2013 and 14, uh, plagued by injuries, not able to stay on the bike full-time and and, uh, and, and put in your races, uh, basically um, thrown you into a new role, which uh, kept you kept you off the bike and not able to, to race professionally, but this, this weekend you were able to uh, saddle up and uh, put on some laps. Yeah, I, I, w- I wanted to do a race this year. You know, I last year I went to work for Fly Racing, so it's been a year I've been away from it. And I just I love riding motorcycles. I race uh, around the Northwest in the summertime races here and there just to make some extra money, and and I I love it. So I wanted to do a, a West Coast round. I hadn't ridden a 250F since back in oh man 05 was the last time I rode a 250F on Supercross. It was like my second year pro, and yeah. uh, I, I was I got a new KTM bike. I can like it so good. I'm like, man, I want to do a, a lights race just for fun. And I I just hadn't worked out up until San Diego uh, with my work schedule. I've been busy there traveling. And uh, the opportunity came up this weekend, well, a couple days before the weekend. So I put everything together last minute, decided uh, I was in Texas all week working and ended up flying out to San Diego. A buddy drove my bike down, so kind of winging it. Uh, the bad thing was I hadn't been on a Supercross track in over a year even practicing. So I'm walking the track in San Diego looking at how gnarly it is, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is not a good race to come back to. (laughs) Oh, it was super super technical. And as soon as I saw the track, Mac, my eyes lit up to say Cole Seeley. That guy is um, poetry in motion when it comes to technical stuff and uh, wasn't surprised with the podium finish. But, uh, yeah, for sure, for a guy like yourself who uh, may be hoping to uh, ease back into things with a little bit more of a vanilla setup, uh, you jumped in both feet with uh, there was about a, uh, an 80-foot uh, triple going into the sand. There was oh, yeah. uh, a couple of really tricky sections. There was a, a seat bounce triple right out of the corner on a 250F, not easy, uh, and that sand section. So uh, tip to tail, it was a little bit difficult. Yeah, it was. And, you know, in practice, you know, the whoops always get broken down in the night program, but in practice, the whoops were really big. Uh, they yeah. were, they were, you know, they were built well, so they they were, I guess, standard supercross. But they seem big being away from the sport for a couple of years. But it, I was, I was happy. You know, I got better every time I was on the track. I ended up, you know, I jumped everything. I jumped every rhythm. I just, 
I didn't have that aggression that you have when you're practicing all the time instead of just riding the track and jumping the obstacles, actually racing through them. So, you know, it's, that, that goes away when you're off the track for a long time or and off the bike for a long time. But I, I had a blast, man. I was smiling every time I came off the track. No doubt. No, no doubt having more fun then than you were back in 05 on an RMZ Kawasaki Suzuki combo bike uh, <laughs> at Anaheim. Yeah, absolutely. But man, it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago. That's been 11 years now. It's pretty amazing at how uh, fast time flies by. It does fly by. I and mean, it's one of those things where, uh, like, Cole Siebler has almost been a mainstay in, in Supercross. Uh, uh, unfortunately, um, more in, in bat, like those tooth and nail battles in the LCQs over the years, uh, of which you were, you're usually successful in. But uh, um, it, it's it's been a little weird to not have you on the line. Um, going back at it this year or like this, this last weekend must have been a bit of a reunion of sorts for you uh, to kind of see some old faces and uh, and and you're back racing and stuff some people are excited to see you back i saw so many people walking the track like hey what are you doing they see my uh, credential it says rider on it and uh you know ryan yeah. clark i saw him i work with jason thomas at fly which is funny because you know jt and i had had some battles back in the day um yeah. and, and even guys that are riding currently and everyone pretty much said the same thing uh they're like you're riding have you been practicing i, I thought you were working i'm like oh yeah just just kind of winging it and everyone's pretty much like man you're crazy and i was like yeah my wife's been telling me that all all month when i've been telling her i'm gonna ride a west round <laughs> but it's good to see no everyone that's for sure absolutely always whenever you go back to a race whether it's a local race or you go back to uh, the professional ranks a lot of smiling faces uh and, and no doubt some great stories are thrown down in that time yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's and then getting there and being on the starting line and and having that feeling, you know, where you're nervous and you got butterflies and excited. Like it, it was cool to feel that again. It's been a long time since I had that feeling being on the line for a Supercross race. So, what was the preparation like for you? I have no doubt that Fly Racing was able to uh, hook you up with a pretty decent looking kit uh, and possibly the only privateer rider that was wearing the special edition gear. Uh, but uh, it, it's um, there's a lot of preparation that goes into this, and like you said, you kind of winged it. But um, like you had to have had a little bit of time on the on a track where you were uh, getting getting the feel of things and feeling like uh, you still go out there and uh, and be competitive. Yeah, you know, I like I said, or, or during the summertime, I race a lot on the weekends with work. You know, I, I don't get to get out and practice as much as I'd like. But um, I got the new KTM motorcycles this year, and I love the bikes. I've spent a couple days out at the outdoor track. Honestly, not a lot, not a lot. But I, I just have always felt comfortable on a Supercross track, so I wasn't, I wasn't as worried about it as probably a lot of people uh, were for me. <laughs> um, so, I just um... went out like I had to. Yeah, f full disclosure right now, if uh, you and Jason Thomas had to do a dash for cash uh, uh, for a Christmas bonus, uh, who's, got the, uh, who's got the edge in speed? You know, I haven't seen JT hardly ride a motorcycle since his retirement, so uh, I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't even answer that question. JT always went uh, really fast when it came down to uh, dash for cash or time practice, but uh, with him not riding, I don't know, it would probably be pretty dang close. Fair enough. Well, if he didn't have a if he didn't have a modified subframe, could you beat him? 
<laughs> but I have a modified. Yeah, he he probably wouldn't be able to touch the ground. I would have an advantage there. My <laughs> <laughs> feet wouldn't touch the pegs. That's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about your uh, your new role at Fly Racing. Something that uh, you've you've kind of uh, taken to, and it's been a bit like a duck in water. Yeah, it was a great fit. You know, growing up in Boise and Fly spawns for me for a lot of years. Opportunity came up last February and traveled all the outdoor nationals. You know, Western Power was a title sponsor. I went and I set up an activation tent and was kind of the lead guy at the outdoor nationals for fly. And I ended up moving up about two months ago into fly sales. So now I'm a fly sales manager. JT and I um, are both in that position. We travel around the country with reps and go to dealers and just uh, promote fly gear. So what would be the uh, the biggest challenge for you as a fly dealer? Uh, and um, like, what are some of the questions that dealers have for you as far as uh, what are some selling points and ultimately um, what your competition would say about your product? You know, how much fly has grown over the past few years, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. We're, uh, we're in a lot, of, a lot of dealerships. You know, we sell a lot of gear, and it's really cool. Obviously, you know, Fox is still that number one. Um, number one guy, you know, you go into dealers and I've heard a lot of, I've only been there for a few months, but you know, the moto scene seems a little down right now, like for the amateur event, it seems a little slower than it used to be. So, um, what we do is we have a way better customer service program and we have a great product. So, uh, it helps us a lot with our competition, having such great reps out there and, uh, some programs we are able to offer. Um, but yeah, we're just chasing down Fox, trying to just, uh, Thin that gap out from their cells. A good job at it so far. Right on. So, uh, where, like, you've obviously been wearing fly for a long period of time. Same with a guy like uh, uh, Ryan Clark, who wore that stuff way back in the day. I believe he was one of the first guys to be wearing the helmet back in two thousand and two or three. Um, and uh, where, how, how, like, obviously, gear in general has changed that uh, a ton. But just in the last five years, I've noticed fly has really stepped up their game. And uh, what do you feel has been the the biggest change as far as uh, fit, finish, and overall uh, impression that the the gear is able to give oh man absolutely from 05 i remember you know we could wear a pair of pants like one ride before they'd blow out it's pretty funny like looking back and you know 15 years is a long time ago but for a company it's really not that long ago so how far they've came it's pretty amazing they've got a a great design team just a motor they just they all want the same thing they want the best product the best gear um the guys put in a lot of work just developing it and testing it uh they listen to feedback that riders give them been been big and you know now we got a, a boa system on our pants to help uh tighten the pants down around the waist closure the first ones ever do that so you know we're starting to do things that no one else have, has done where in the past uh you know we were maybe a little bit behind the trend so um but some stuff you're going to see in the future is going to be really awesome no doubt. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your short-term future when it comes to uh, racing, riding, and uh, some supercrosses and arena crosses coming down the pipe. Before we do that, let's throw it to commercial right quick on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Bills Pipes and W Wheels. Hey, this is Jake Weimer with Team Tedder Racing, and you're listening to Big MX Radio. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner 
and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter-X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out EKSBrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, 
they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new Cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, still on the line with uh, the one, the only Cole Siebler. And uh, Cole, um, it's 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 an amazing thing to see someone come back to racing and still have that uh, that grit, that determination to uh, put in good laps and and be competitive. Uh, is that something that's always come pretty natural to you? And uh, once you uh, like uh, were kind of free from your injuries and able to race freely uh, locally in Boise. Um, how did you do you always see yourself being able to come back and uh, and be competitive you know all, all the times i've had injuries and came back uh speed was never an issue and you know i am getting older for racing i'm 31 now but i always feel like when i go right i in my head i can go fast it's just you know your physical side if you're not in shape your timing might be a little off that's usually what holds you back but i had a lot of injuries in my career i feel like that set me back but uh, you know, I always felt like I, I, I could pick up right away where I left off. I felt like I learned a track really quick. That always helped me in Supercross. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't the most talented guy out there, but felt like I picked stuff up pretty quick. So, uh, other than the uh, the whoops that you said uh, were pretty menacing during the uh, the daytime qualifying, what did you find was the uh, the trickiest part? Uh, obviously, uh, you would have been in the uh, is the B group for qualifying uh, during the day. Yes. Yeah, I read the uh, B group. Right. So, so what was the, your your toughest obstacle or, or your greatest hurdle while uh, trying to throw down that fast lap time? You know, after the short 
set of whoops, there was a section. It was a triple-double section. And, you know, when the corner was prepped, it was pretty easy to get over. But it was in, in time qualifying, the corner was pretty ruddy. And I did it a couple times in practice. And uh, it was tough to get that clean. And then there's another uh, rhythm section after the long set of whoops where there's a double-triple. You know, those two triples were, were pretty tricky earlier on for me. I mean, I was on a bone stock 250, so it probably was a little harder for me than maybe some of the factory guys. But putting those together every lap where I seemed to struggle, I could do one or the other, and it seemed like I couldn't get them. I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, sorry. I uh, did you? Did, where did uh, where did I leave off at? Uh, just, uh, just that the last tail bit there, where you're explaining uh, uh, the struggles of racing a bone stock motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the two rhythms on the track that were tough, those two triples in the rhythm section, I, I was struggling yeah. putting them together, and, you know, one, but one lap I'd do one, the other lap the other, and I'd make a little mistake, and putting them together was key, and, you know, cost me a little bit of time, but uh, I got to figure it out. By the night show, it was pretty easy to get over everything. The track breaks down, and it gets a lot easier in the night program than in the day qualifiers. Absolutely. And uh, as far as uh, the qualifying in the night show was concerned, uh, from the very get-go, the bullets were flying. It seemed like the uh, the right-handed start was was a problem for a lot of guys. And uh, that soil, and something that I predicted from the very get-go is, uh, as far as going back to San Diego, is that it's hard soil. And going in there again after being, uh, it's been in there for almost a month now with, um, with monster trucks have been on that, racing on that, and now racing on it a second time super slick and uh by the time the lights were out um the the place was uh almost like a skating rink man that first corner was really slippery you know you saw a lot of guys wash the front end coming into that corner you know cooper webb he was uh when he was chasing down savachi right there just came in a little bit hot it shows how slippery it was just lost the front end i watched i don't know how many guys do that and there were a couple sections on the track that were really slippery like that and then there's a couple sections that had great traction where you could grab a handful of throttle so it was really important to kind of pick your battles you know where you could be aggressive and where you had to take it easy because they could really come up and bite in the butt no doubt so uh and honestly by far you my friend were competing on the most production-based motorcycle uh out there on the track we're talking uh, <laughs> i remember when I, I saw the bike i i remember seeing first thing that popped out off to me was the exhaust system which from uh to the untrained eye is for sure bone stock <laughs> which uh, everyone had, talks about how the the stock exhaust system chokes out these engines which is not conducive for racing supercross by the way but from what i can tell those look like stock wheels and uh um like ross at enzo maybe uh, got his fingers into the suspension a little bit or maybe even went went up a a, a spring rate or two but otherwise um this thing was uh basically race ready for it right from ktm <laughs> hey well it was factory ktm right off the shelf uh I no Ross did a set of suspension for me, and and his stuff is amazing. So I got I've got no excuses there. The bike handled really well. Um, uh, I had a Get ignition. I had uh, my buddy works at Get, and uh, hooked me up with an ignition that I used, and and it and it did liven up the bike a lot, man. Those things work really well. But yeah, well, it was a stock exhaust, stock wheels, uh, stock clutch. Uh, it was bone stock, even even Chevron ninety three uh, grade pump fuel. So <laughs> no, you did not have pump fuel in there. <laughs> I had pump fuel. I uh, I didn't have any other option, so I just ran the, the pump fuel that I had. <laughs> 
Wow, that's uh, that's uh, incredible, uh, and and a kind of a testament to not only your skill but the fact that uh, you can still go go out there and be competitive. Uh, that's how good these production bikes are now. You couldn't do that with a stock 125 uh, back in in 2005 or a 250F back in the day. the The wheels wouldn't handle it. Um, the, the the whole the whole bike, like even if you had done the suspension, you you the the bike wouldn't have been able to uh, to do the things they do, and uh, and you were able to. Uh, uh, from what it sounds like, be pretty com- uh, pretty comfy out there. Yeah, I mean, back then it was even tough. Sometimes you have a, a gnarly triple that was hard to do if you didn't have some engine work done on the bike. And uh, the bikes have, they've come so far. That triple in the back, the big one that you were talking about before the whoops, I was, I was kind of yeah. a little skeptical of that thing in practice. His lip was so steep, I'm like, oh boy. And uh, my bike, man, it pulled me right over it. I mean, I had to get after it pretty good, but... The bikes, they're amazing nowadays, especially the 450s. You can almost uh, put some suspension on them, you know, and go out and race them and, and be competitive. So next next time I race, my bike's going to be a little more up to par, off some more parts on it, uh, maybe actually put a little race fuel in there and uh, yeah. have a little practice. So so ne- I'm excited for Santa Clara. It motivated me to, to get my track cleaned up and, and, and ride some. <laughs> No doubt. Well, that's the that was my next question for you. I imagine that uh, the the bike bite the bug bites you harder than it would bite anybody, and you would uh, no doubt just go out there and uh, completely redo the track by yourself. A full blown hauler. We're going RV. We're do, we're going the rest of the East rounds and full program, right? Oh man, I would love to. I uh, it was almost yeah a bad idea to race because you know you makes you miss it and you get that bug and you're like oh I want to go racing but. Uh, at least I'm able to do a couple more Supercross rounds, you know, Vegas and Santa Clara. And then there's a few uh, West Coast Arena Cross rounds that uh, I'm going to be able to hit. So I'll have quite a few races that I can do this year and maybe hit a national or two this summer. I, uh, if the opportunity comes up, I, I would love to do those those events. All right, on. And, and that's all fine with Mrs. Siebler. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. She, uh, you know, she gets worried. She's worried about me just getting hurt. She's like, just remember, you haven't been practicing. I'm like, I know, I know. So her her concern is she wants me healthy, but she'll uh, she'll go to probably a few races this year, and uh, she always enjoys being there and being a part of it. Right on. So, um... What was uh, what was your favorite part about the weekend? Was it uh, like obviously you made it into the night show? You're you're, you're feeling confident about that. Um, but uh, was it like what, what was your favorite part? Was, was the, the the motos in the evening, daytime qualifying, or just uh, the getting to see everybody again and uh, kind of uh, getting back to where you were a couple of years ago? Man, it's such a hard question because the riding was awesome. Like I said, every time I came off the track, I was smiling. I really enjoyed being on the gate for the night program, looking at the 55,000 spectators in the stands. But at the same time, it was I saw a ton of old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. And it's just it's great to be around a group of guys, you know, that you've been really close to through the past 10, 15 years of racing and to see them again. And it's always the same. You can go two years without seeing someone and, and run into them at a race and just pick up right where you left off, you know, like you guys never missed a beat. So, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know which was better. That's a tough question. So, uh, the, the plan for the remaining round, Santa Clara and of course Vegas, which, uh, you could definitely play spoiler for a couple of guys that are looking to pick up some points because, uh, released today that that race is going to be a, a full blown combined event. Uh, the main event for that race will be, uh, both coasts, full points so uh there could very well be someone from the east coast that ends up winning and someone the second place east coast guy be fifth and have a a 10 point swing and uh maybe even throw yourself in there to uh to further throw those points 
man, that's, that's going to be tough. First time they've ever done that. Um, definitely. If, even if the points, you know, say someone's got a nine point lead on someone coming into Vegas, that could easily be a deficit that could be made up as long as, you know, you get a couple East coast guys between you. It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be exciting for the fans coming down to that last round because anything will be able to happen, you know, and, uh, could be anyone's title. No kidding. And like, so over the years, you've seen a lot of uh, uh, light Supercross guys come and go. Uh, you turn, turn pro uh, 2003, I believe. So uh, your entire professional career, uh, like Ryan Villapoto's entire career was inside your career, seeing that kid come up <laughs> and, and being successful and a couple other guys come along the way. Have you ever seen someone or would you compare uh, Cooper Webb or Joey Savacci to any of the, uh, the, the stars of yesteryear? You know, I was talking to, about Cooper Webb this weekend, and, and I know it's his third year, but he's still a really young kid and doesn't have a ton of experience. I, I know that sounds crazy because he does and he doesn't, but I've never seen a kid just be so calm and collected. He gets a bad start. He never panics. He doesn't force a pass. He doesn't rush. He just he keeps his composure really well, and he gets the job done when he's got to get it done, and he's, he's one of the smartest riders I've ever seen, especially at that age. I think in the future he's going to be, man, he's going to be really, really good. Um, obviously it's hard to, hard to compare anyone to Ryan Villapoto or Ricky Carmichael. Uh, those guys were so great, but, um, he probably is your next guy coming up. That's going to be, you know, that level. You would have raced a 125 against James Stewart at some point. I, I did. You know, I raced some amateur events with James Stewart, uh, on the 125, yeah. like youth class, the youth classes. I, I got second behind him at world minis one year, uh, in like 125, uh, yeah, schoolboy. <laughs> And I uh, raced them, you know, uh, my first year pro at, at a few events. But r- let's put it this way. I rode the same track as him. I don't know if I raced with him, but I rode the same track as him. <laughs> well, that's the same. Uh, there was a, uh, a Muddy Creek Amateur National back in 2000, in 2000 when uh, both Matt Walker and Shea Bentley raced that race in the youth class. And those guys were second and third behind uh, behind James Stewart that finished the race with a 30-second lead. Um, but uh, care to guess who is in fourth place? It was at at Bud's Creek, M- Muddy Muddy Creek, year Muddy 2000. Creek, Muddy Creek. Oh, I couldn't even guess. Dan Truman. Dan Truman. Okay, Dan, Dan <laughs> used to rip, man, and he still rips. Dan used he, to rip, uh, man. I, Yep, I uh, I know that he uh, did Loretta's didn't he a year or two ago, and he was really really fast. Yeah. And just maybe maybe his conditioning's not where it needs to be, but speed wise, I uh, I think Dan he goes fast. So what was up with the LCQ that you raced in? Uh, looks like uh, that literally uh, all but one of the guys who finished behind you in the main event had a share of the lead at some point. Uh, Bracken Hall, Tyler Custer, Noah McConaughey, and uh, Chase Marquay um, all had were either first or second at some point during the race. And uh, like you said, that skating rink out there cha- claimed them. They hit the ground and uh, you end up putting those guys behind you. Unbelievable race. That LCQ? Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, a tough race. You know, you got a lot of good guys in the LCQ, and everyone's going for it. And I, like I said, there were there were really key spots on the track where you could push hard, but then there are spots that you really had to take your time and have good throttle control, and a little bit too much on the gas or a little bit too much front brake. Man, it, it would uh, it would take you down, and that's what happened to a few guys. 
Fair enough. So, uh, like, uh, as I was joking, you're not going to do a full uh, full cruise out to the East Coast for a 250F uh, Supercross, but uh, Santa Clara and Vegas, as well as some Arena Cross rounds, which is exciting for you. Uh, um, do you know if you're gonna if you're gonna have anybody helping you out wrenching wise? You, uh, but obviously you'd mentioned that you're gonna come to uh, uh, the races with a little bit more prep as far as uh, the bike goes. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, guy that's helped me out for uh, a year or two up here, whenever I need my, my bike worked on, you know, I can do I can do a majority of it, but sometimes I don't have time or uh, it's, it's beyond my mechanical ability. So take it to him. His name's uh, Gus Walker. He's worked for a lot of riders. He works for uh, Chris Aldridge as an amateur, works for Jason Anderson okay. as an amateur. He lives up here and works at a local bike shop. So uh, he'll be helping me out going to some races with me. Awesome. So that's good to have someone uh, familiar in your corner showing you the... Uh... Uh, the pit board. I remember the first time that uh, I met fly racing rider Chris Howell. Um, his sister was pit boarding for him, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle. <laughs> yeah, have you ever Chris, had to uh, something like that? I've raced Chris man for years and years up in the Northwest. He's like the nicest yeah. kid that you'll ever meet. Great family. His sister. She loves the races. She was a rider herself, so she used to go to a okay. lot of races with him and help him out. It was really cool to see, you know, making it a family event. So who who are some of the uh fellow uh, Idaho potatoes that uh, didn't end up making it out of the uh the state to uh, but like but were fast at the hometown? Oh man, there's been a handful of guys. You know, obviously Ben Evans was from uh Boise and he had a a good career early on. There's a kid uh, named Austin Koba who rode some rode one national, first national this year. He got like 22nd place in the 450 class. He's he's a great little rider. He's going to he's going to try to ride some supercrosses. Morgan Berger, you know, a uh, really good rider up here. Um, there's a handful of guys, you know, we got some guys that work at Western power sports, Joel Barnowski is a kid. Kyle Gills lives up here now. Uh, there's a lot of guys that go really fast. Uh, so, uh, what classes do you compete in, uh, locally in Idaho there? I, I know those guys, those tracks you got to know by the back of your hand. So are you still active in the pro class or is it an age class now? Yeah, you know, I do most of the money races are arena cross events. So I just ride 250, 450 pro. Uh, when I go to races okay. that are outdoor events, I can, I'll ride 250 Pro, 450 Pro, Open Pro, Plus 25 Pro, and Plus 30 Pro. So it is the longest day ever. No kidding. That uh, yeah, that sounds like the schedule uh, that yeah, that sounds like the schedule that uh, Dakota's had when he came up here to Manitoba and rode my bike to take six moto victories in a row in the pro class and taking away all the purse from the re- the local Manitobans. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, you know, even when they're 10-minute motos or 15-minute motos, when you have, I, I ride sometimes, not always five classes, but usually four classes, so that's eight motos a day, you know, eight 15-minute motos is a pretty much equivalent to four thirties. It's It's tough. There you go. So uh, um, as far as nationals, you feel like you're going to hit, are we thinking more um, Hangtown, Glen Helen, or Washougal, or might we, might we, might we see you in Spring Creek? You know... I love Millville. Favorite, my favorite track. I always had uh, good results there. I would love to do it. Uh, you'll see me at Washougal, yeah. um, probably Lakewood. I, I enjoy Lakewood. But one race okay. that I told myself I was going to do, I went there for the first time uh, this last year, was uh, Ironman National in Indiana. And, oh, man, that place looks so awesome that I, I'm taking a bike there and racing that national if, it, if I can because it just the track, the facility, it, it looked awesome. It does look awesome. In fact, even when they had that mud race there, the first day they raced there, there was a couple of shots that, despite the fact that it was knee-deep mud, it still looked like sweet soil to be riding in. 
Yeah, the, the dirt, it's phenomenal, man. It looks like an old uh, farmer's field just tilled up, that perfect loamy dirt. A lot of fun jumps. Uh, track got really, really rough, which I always liked. The the rougher, the better for me. Um, and, and I would, I'm going to do whatever I can do to get a bike there and race that, uh, that national. Right on. So, uh, before I let you go, one of the questions I had for you about your new position with fly racing is, uh, one of my favorite parts about any sales job I've ever had is being able to, uh, sell the things that, uh, not only I believed in, but I could get excited about. And honestly, I really truly feel that, uh, you as a fly racing WPS sales representative, uh, have the ability to, um, literally fully back any product that you guys have it rolling off the line. You can really be proud of, of every, uh, of all the lines because they all have purposes built. Um, like how awesome is it for you to honestly have an entire catalog that you can stand behind and say I can find a, a customer for everything in this catalog. Yeah. And we do, we have something to offer for everyone, depending on, it doesn't matter what kind of riding you do, we have something for you. And what's awesome is I go to a dealer I am a part of the, a lot of the testing and uh, and with our new product, and so I've ran yeah. it all. It's not like I'm going and trying to sell something that I've never used that I don't know a lot about. I, I always tell the dealers, I'm like, look, I, I've ran it. I know how it works. I know what it does. Um, it's awesome to to have that chance to to actually know the product that well and have been a guy that's used it and tested it because I can go in there and uh, tell a dealer exactly exactly what he needs to know and um our product is awesome it's getting better and better and and like you said you know we have someone for something for everyone doesn't matter if you're a weekend warrior or you're a super cross racer uh, we've got uh we've got the product for you right on uh so and that's that's an exciting experience or the exciting feeling to have um where do you plan on taking uh this this position to uh to really kind of elevate the brand and uh ultimately become more confident uh in doing your uh your sales presentations than you were i'm sure the first time you rolled into uh any uh any dealership which i'd like to hope that you were probably accompanied by a seasoned veteran or to throw you to the wolves <laughs> you know i i went on a trip uh bob lowry's my boss we went on one trip together and then my second trip i was solo so uh, pretty much, yeah, threw me to the wolves. But I think you know Bob wow. had confidence. I I knew the product. Uh, he'd seen me in front of people. He knows uh, how I interact with people. I I feel like I'm pretty easy to talk to. And uh, I, I went with JT on one trip as well uh, after I went solo. But yeah, but my trip to Texas was the fourth trip. I I did it by myself. Uh, got some great reps there. You know, I think it went really well and um, got some new dealers down there. So. I was thrown to the wolves to an extent, but I, I know the product well enough that I, I was I was confident going into it. You know, it's it's different when you're giving a sales pitch to someone, a dealer or a GM that you that you don't know, you've never spoke to, and you know you get a little nerves. It's funny; it's almost like the first time that you're racing. You get a little nerves when you go in there and talk to a dealer for the first time. That's sick. Well, uh, um, best of luck to you with uh, with that uh, that career going forward. I know you'll be successful with it because, uh, like I said, whenever any time that you're you're selling a product that uh, or a series of products that uh, you can be confident in, then uh, in a way they kind of sell themselves. But uh, having that extra knowledge definitely uh, allows you to uh, drive that home. Absolutely, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, it was good chatting with you.
Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll do this again and hopefully we can uh, get on the line together and uh, kind of go through a little bit of the catalog to uh, ex- explain a few of these, uh, a few of the ins and outs of, uh, of each, uh, each line of gear or uh, like explain the difference between a couple of different helmets or something like that along the way. Uh, and um, maybe just good practice for you as far as uh, getting the knowledge down as well as uh, great information for the Big MX Radio podcast listeners. Yeah, I would love to. You let me know anytime and I'll, uh, I'll be ready. Cool, man. Well, Cole Siebler, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I really play, um, appreciate you making time for me on Valentine's Day of all days. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, to editing this so that I can release it for all those, uh, well, most likely not too many uh, uh, listeners that are in relationships on a day like today, but uh, possibly tomorrow. And um, But yeah, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right. Sounds good. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.